not adjust those podcast dials, folks. Uh, we are. This is a uh, something I'm trying out here. We uh, we are uh, ultras in in Europe right now. Uh, probably gonna have ourselves a an ep- an ultraless episode here. But this is something I'm gonna try out here and and see what what everyone thinks of. This is gonna be a uh, a bowls only. This is a Going to be a thing I'm going to call right now a working title of the Passables uh, episode here. Uh, so something that I want to do is, uh, as a Chicago Bulls fan, and if you've listened to any of our episodes prior, know me, follow me on any social media, I'm a lifelong Chicago Bulls fan, and I don't think I get to talk enough, in my own personal opinion, uh, about the Bulls. Uh, just because of where they're at currently in the national NBA storylines. And when we have had Bulls stories come up, I feel like it's only been part of the, the case, and I haven't really got to delve into it as much. And it's a team I primarily follow the most uh, of any any other team and something that I like talking about uh, just as much as any other NBA team, but something that I'm following and so thinking you know maybe trying to make this uh uh maybe once a month maybe every couple weeks uh drop an episode of this is just kind of a mini segment along in the point forward feed and just kind of see where where it goes but not going to have them be too too long I think you and uh most of the uh and even myself would get sick of hearing my voice for too long so I'm, I'm thinking ideally we, these are going to be at most like a 25-minute recap, uh, checking in every every so often as the season progresses on the Bulls, where they're doing my thoughts, uh, both with the current season and, and big picture, because really this is the first um, time with, uh, with this team in the last few years where there's, there's building blocks towards a uh, a potential better outcome. This is the third rebuild that I've been a, a fan of, being a, a product of the '90s Chicago Bulls, uh, and growing up thinking that hey, this Jordan Bulls in the finals every year. This is just how it goes. This is a pretty sweet gig, uh, and not really having any understanding of of how sports worked because I was six and seven, but. Uh, Really, since I've I've been following the the Bulls, they've had, we've had their up and downs. We've had the uh, the baby Bulls with Wall Dang, Jay Williams going all the way back to Jay Williams is really when I cranked up and and was really following this team independently on my own. Uh, but through the baby Bulls of Wall Dang, Kurt Heinrich, Ben Gordon, uh, to the Derrick Rose era. To now this this new kind of post Jimmy Butler trade, third rebuild really for the Gar Pax regime or third rebuild under Gar Paxman Gar, <laughs> Jesus, we're already off to a great start uh, under John Paxson. So kind of just get, run down here. What I, I figured we'll just kind of we'll go through the offseason give you my quick takes on what what the bulls did uh in case you were living under a rock and don't know anything about what the bulls bulls brought to the table this year uh and then we're just going to jump right into it they already had their first preseason game against uh 
the uh, the it was the return of Nikola Mirotic, even though it really wasn't. Uh, he was saying it'd be feel weird, and I was quite curious about that because Nico, evidently, you know, maybe it's just from the fact of his uh, slight uh, PTSD from being punched in the face by Bobby Portis last year in training camp. Maybe that was more of his concern of it feeling weird. But he didn't play against the Bulls, but the Bulls had their uh, first uh, first preseason game, uh, but. Kind of some of those additions the Bulls made this year. So the uh, headlines being, uh, of course, their draft. They added Wendell Carter Jr. And uh, forward from Duke, a guy that I think is going to be is, is a pretty much a ready-to-go pro prospect. A uh, lot of development, but has a lot of really good intangibles. Someone a lot of people compared, and I would agree, uh, Really has that uh, makeup of, of what an Al, Al Horford looked like coming out of Florida. Someone that is going to be really heavily relied upon, especially on this team, to be a defensive stopper to really plug up that the middle of the lane and be a rim protector for this team. But Wendell is, is someone that has a lot of that modern big man game that is, is needed and is, I think, going to transition well to what you're seeing go forward with that center position. He is able to knock down some outside jumpers and uh, has, has an ability to score uh, with the ball in his hand. Uh, a pretty decent clip. So he is someone that I think within the – you look at the Bulls' overall long-term plan and at least currently under the Fred Hoiberg system – He's going to be a guy that I think fits really well. Uh, they also got Chandler Hutchinson with a pick they got from those Pelicans in that Nico trade uh, forward from Boise State. Uh, someone that I think is going to be a project. He's a longer wing player. I, I think they're they're looking at him right now as he could be a con- solid contributor off the bench. Uh, maybe be fill some of those minutes that they've been giving to guys like Paul Dipser uh, and a few other random pieces probably in in some competition with the role uh with Denzel Valentine for one of those those lead fo- spots coming off the uh the bench and probably will be taking some of the minutes you saw between and even David Nawaba who's a, a guy that is no longer on this team someone I do want to touch on for a, a bit in this uh episode as we kind of look forward to the season but then the other big move, which I'm, I'm sure many, many saw, and, and one that really kind of came, developed quickly, and uh, I thought, you know, living in Chicago, you it was it was one of those Chicago sports radio call-in takes where people, when Jabari Parker was uh, looking at free agency and saying the Bulls should take a look at him, I didn't know if it made necessarily the most sense from who the Bulls' building blocks were. And when you look at Larry Markinen uh, being a, a f- pretty much the, the archetype as a stretch for Jabari Parker, his time in Milwaukee being a four as well, uh, didn't know what that basketball fit was going to look like. But Bulls signed him to a pretty favorable uh, one-on-one contract, so a two-year deal with a, play- with a team option for next year. Uh, sitting, giving him about $20 million. So 
I think a good opportunity, Jabari coming off two knee, two ACL injuries. It's a very good opportunity, I think, for him professionally, one, to make money that I think if he was healthy in the open market, he would have gotten about a, a 20, you know, four-year, $80 million deal of some kind uh, in that range. So, so giving him that short-term value, but the Bulls being smart, not committing long-term, uh, to him, but the idea being Jabari was going to be a the three on this team. Uh, before we get into why that's going to change for a bit, the other big piece to this offseason was the extension, this re-signing of Zach Levine, who was a restricted free agent, uh, who was given uh, quite a quite a nice offer from the uh, from the Sacramento Kings. And it's something I still kind of go back and forth. And I think will is not that it will. I think in the long term be something that we'll look back on and will be a, a black mark or be you know why would you give this guy this money? But uh, when when you look at Zach Levine's game and, and the position he plays, where he is a uh, he he's more of a lead guard. He's not necessarily I would describe as as a true point guard, nor is he. Uh, uh, a shooting guard, uh, per se. If you look at how Jimmy Butler compared to him, uh, they're two very different players. Zach Levine, though, is a very uh, athletic, high-volume scorer, uh, coming back from ACL injury himself as well last year. So the Bulls uh, really trying to create an all-ACL tear team, uh, I think, for, for whatever reason that may be. He is, though... Uh, a really fun guy. Something that I think, as fans look at this team, there he is definitely going to be that highlight reel type of guy. Uh, someone that the Bulls marketing staff is going to really enjoy uh, being able to sell, and will certainly be someone that in these early parts of this rebuild uh, will be a guy that everyone will at least be able to look at and and enjoy and he will be entertaining for the team uh but the uh big elephant or elbow in the room uh we could say here is is our, our, our sweet finnish prince laurie markinen uh got announced la- end of last week he is going to be out for about two months with a fractured elbow uh mris came back on friday he had a lateral elbow sprain uh so he's going to be sidelined for a few months and Although it is concerning and it's it's unfortunate because this was a really pivotal point to this team. The next step was to see uh, where where Laurie was going to be because I think the focal point of this rebuild so far is that Laurie Markin is going to be your is the primary star of this team is the guy that in the current plan from what it seems like from what Garpax is doing. Laurie Markkinen's the guy uh, who they're going to at least try to have be that the 1A of this team. And now you look forward if they're adding another star, it's going to be someone that's going to complement with Laurie. And maybe Laurie, ultimately, in my opinion, I think he could develop into being a very solid second-best player on a championship-contending team. You look at him coming in last year and had his struggles, ups and downs, and there are definitely games you saw where he just didn't have a shot and struggled but 
his uh, tenacity inside, uh, his ability to when his offensive game wasn't going super well uh, at, at in spurts last season was still contributing, being impactful, rebounding, inside presence. He is by no means any sort of defensive stud and is not going to be making any too many defensive highlight plays except blocking the crap out of Steph. What up to that? Uh, he he is a focal point and he is the, really is the center of this rebuild. And I think based on how he developed and his early signs, being a 19-year-old kid and, and really in his first season in the league, coming in and transitioning as quickly and as well as he did, I think surprised everyone in the Bulls. It certainly surprised me. I wasn't necessarily super high on the idea of, of Laurie when they first took him, when they got him from the in the Jimmy Butler trade. Uh, he's, but he's become our, our finished prince. I've really enjoyed watching him play, watching him uh, get a little little swag or two and uh, throw some uh, shots at the uh, – poke a little fun at the Jimmy Butler uh, trade demand situation up there in Minnesota – uh, with that, his little throwback Thursday pick, which was like a watching him being kind of like a, a proud older brother, seeing a younger brother, you know, kind of learn his learn his ropes here and kind of and, and grow up a little bit. Uh, but he is sidelined for a little bit, and, and where you look at this team uh, and and the roles and and how things were going to play out, I mentioned that Jabari Parker's piece of this. A lot of question marks on Jabari Parker being a three on this team, how that was going to look, and uh, we're not going to know for a little bit because uh, with Laurie out and in that first reason game, Fred did put uh, Jabari at the four. Uh, so for these, and and where it kind of frames this this early part, this Laurie-less part of the bull season is. Uh, Going to be a piece of this where I am curious because I think a lot of what this team was being structured around was trying to see what kind of players and what type of system Fred could really use with the idea that Laurie is that focal point and also establishing with some of those guys, little young players still, but veterans in the schemes of as far as you look at this Bulls team, their youth, but also they've they've both being guys that have been in the league now for over four years in Zach Levine and in Jabari Parker, two guys that they have invested in and have big dollar values to. Those are two guys that want to be lead dogs themselves and are both two, two individual players who have been very vocal about their desire and uh, understanding of their role that they are there to score the basketball. Uh, it would have been really great to have Laurie there to, to really have the, the scheme of them being the second and third options and having Laurie be that lead scoring option for the Bulls. But uh, as every year it seems with Fred Hoiberg, uh, can't can't come into the season on a clean slate, even though we, we thought this was going to be that first year that he was going to be able to have a, a easy start, at least as far as, Having all of his pieces there, not having any any sort of <laughs> issues uh, between having t- being told to coach harder by his star shooting guard or dealing with three alphas or Derrick Rose's weirdness 
or last year having his is at that time starting forward <laughs> these two power forwards punch one punching the other one and breaking face when uh Bobby Portis did something that I personally laughed at and I think uh was was at least uh rewarded from the fact of some uh internal locker room favor from some of the Bulls players who were annoyed with Nikola Mirotic but you had that last year so this year it looked like things were finally going to shape up for Fred to just be able to have his full roster available and really start the season off on the right note but this news came so uh here we are again with some looming questions right off the gate for them uh ultimately though what I think it sets up for is yeah, Jabari and Zach are going to score the ball a lot these first couple of months, and they are going to be the one-two punch. It is uh, going to be a, a piece where I think it's going to be a way to evaluate Fred Hoiberg more, um, who has been criticized early on when he was given some veterans and really players that didn't fit his system. Last year was the first year he got to have a team built around and actually execute his offense and and. Seamlessly, he had control of that locker room once again. There were no issues on, as far as that went. I even think as far as how he handled the Nikola Mirotic, Bobby Porter situation, did the best he could in that, that situation and, and really didn't allow it to affect the team. That helps when you move Nikola off the team at the deadline. But there really wasn't any lingering effects after that. Uh, even when... when Mirotic came back. Him and Bobby Portis played together a significant amount uh, in the same lineup and were uh, really a one-two punch for them off the bench. And they had a really fantastic run in December, which, at least in my opinion, was 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 fine. It was fun, but uh, it did in the end. I mean, the the idea with this team still is to be in that, more of that tank mode to to have the um, still be in the lottery. I think this team overall sentiments I'm going to have is that they're going to still be in a, a lottery team again this year. But what what you did see last year was Fred's ability to at least implement his offense, coach it, run it, and guys adopt it, listen, and develop well alongside of within that system. This year was going to be that second step, and a primary piece of that was going to be around Laurie. Now, what you're going to have happen is Jabari and, and, and Zach Levine are going to score the ball a lot. And how they then incorporate Laurie back into this and, and do shift it to where he is the primary scorer once once he does return from his injury is going to be a, a challenge, I think, for Fred because you have two other guys, two established scorers, two very confident players who I think are going to have some early success and flourish. And guys aren't really willing to take away from that. And I do think with this team overall, though, you are not going to have a problem any night asking where the offense is coming from. Now, you'll have some defensive issues, and you'll have some problems where um, I'm not quite sure how they're going to stop anyone. They may be in some some games here this year. When I say some, probably most of these games, they're, they're probably going to be a 110 to 105. You're going to have some of those those higher scoring mat- matchups, which is 
it's, it's fun. I mean, it's it's if you're gonna be bad, at least entertain me. Uh, and, and they're gonna score a lot. Uh, they've not hidden that idea, and they're and the guys that are on this team are gonna try to score a lot. They're also very self-aware, I guess you could say. Um, but Jabari Parker, first day signing, said like they're not paying me to stop anyone. I'll, I'll score twenty-five, but. Yeah, their their guy might score twenty as well. You know, guys are gonna get their averages. Was his his direct quote. Uh, so depending on what the average is on some of those the the teams the Bulls are playing this year, they're gonna get those those averages. Uh, and it's a lot of pressure is going to be on on two guys in particular, that being Chris Dunn and that being Wendell Carter, the rookie. Um, are those two guys enough to at least get this team started in a good di- direction on defense? It's almost, if you look at what was happening a lot in the summer league with Wendell, you know, a lot of guys blown by the, the the perimeter players and Wendell being that, that last line of defense and holding his own against summer league guys. Now, the, when it comes time to for actual basketball and NBA level, it's going to be a little more difficult, uh, and the lack of defense on the bench is really a piece for me that I'm concerned about and where I think this team is going to lose some games because there is also a drop-off in some ways offensively. There's not that same firepower that you would want, especially early on. Uh, and you look, having a guy like David Nwabo leave Essentially, to what took the Jabari taking his roster spot, not finding a way to have a guy like him still on this team is is was one disappointing piece to me. If I were to look at uh, a di- guy I was really impressed with last year and in- enjoyed and thought was a, a key component, it was definitely a, someone that I would have I would have liked to had be on this team for a few more years at least. If not for anything, his talent would have been. Uh, and his ability coming off the bench and being a, a solid contributor on defense been a nice trade piece for a playoff team. You can at least get some sort of asset, maybe long-term draft pick, something down the line that could have been helpful. Uh, but was a was a really good find picking him up from the Lakers the year before, and and he was uh, ends up on Cleveland now. It, I, I don't know who that who that bench guy is. I think the easy take is going to be the focus would be on a Chandler Hutchinson to see how quickly he could develop into a, a contributor in that second unit. I think it's going to take him some time. He's I, I, he's uh, polished as far as being playing three years at Boise and is athletic and has the ability to. Um, be that more of that long, long perimeter player. I, I we are gonna have to see how he does against stopping guys. And I, at no point do I think he was touted as a all defensive stopper. Uh, but you would hope he could at least be better than Denzel Valentine, uh, who's someone that I'm leaning on the side of being out on, as far as uh, just. Where I see him in the grand scheme of this team, he's been ta- he's been named by Garpax as 
uh, part of their core. I think that's kind of some bogus talk for them because I don't really see how a guy that is two career dunks, team you want to be younger, more athletic, and fairly isn't isn't that consistent of a, a shooter at this stage. Um, I would like to see Chandler Hutchinson kind of take some minutes from him and be uh, more of the uh, a contributing bench player. The uh, two veterans though on this team are, are interesting in that you have Justin Holiday, Robin Lopez, uh, Justin Holiday, who has been a guy that as uh, when he first got traded to the Bulls after the Derrick Rose trade uh, was very solid for them. He was someone that. Uh, in my opinion, uh, when the Bulls did get him prior to that trade, was extremely. Um, he was probably the most coachable guys the Fred had early on his first year, uh, and he was just kind of a throw-in. He's the younger brother of Drew Holiday, um, and he was someone that I was impressed with early. He goes to New York, has a nice season. Bulls bring him back. He uh, Justin or uh, he got a little a uh, little bit more confident as far as scoring. I think looking around, seeing a bunch of other rookies, realized he could uh, be a scorer, and uh, because of that, uh, kind of had some bad shot selection. But he is someone that, like I mentioned with David Nwaba, I see potentially being a trade option to a team more as a contender. Him and Robin both. Uh, our, their contracts run up after this year, so those expiring rented contract players um, are two guys that I hope can have early success in this beginning part, especially too with Justin is going to be starting at the three spot probably for them. While Jabari, while Jabari moves to the four, while Laurie's out. Uh, so it would be great if he could show something, be productive early on, be maybe someone that in December they could trade and, and look at once all those uh, the guys that were signed, the free agents this season, once their contracts are eligible, Bulls be able to be a player there. Um, they also have the Omar Sheet contract. Mayor's dealing with some quote-unquote tendonitis issues or we don't really want to have you play at all, buddy. So you're going to be Deactivated for most of the games. Uh, And he's got an early termination next year, so he's got a player option. I don't see him turning that down. But a contract that you'll you'll have and you'll have to figure out um, maybe next year if there's a piece they can trade for. He's at least a good salary dump add-on there to make salaries work. Um, So would Cristiano Felicio's. $8 $8 million in change that he got for some reason uh, from this team. So you look at some of those back-end pieces there. If they could get anything for Cameron Payne, even a new pair of shoes, would like to see him off this team immediately. Um, it makes me mad that they have to have a guy like Cam Payne on this team instead of someone like David Nawaba, who I was – a fan of and thought was a solid contributing player, but campaign being the the product of what you got for Taj Gibson and, and Doug McDermott will not be something I will let Garpax forget. 
uh, because he is just the maybe the worst guard in the league. Uh, and I could not do this first episode without making sure I slandered the crap out of him. Uh, anytime he is on the court this season, it will be painful and bad, and then he will be hopefully quickly removed from the court. Uh, but kind of, I, I guess, uh, overall, you know, one one real hot take I've got for this team. Not even hot, but maybe unbelievable. And uh, that is someone that I'm really looking forward to watching this year, multiple reasons, but Mr. Bobby Portis, I think, is is on the cusp here of going to become a, quite a beloved player, both by this team and in the NBA. I've liked Bobby a lot, He's, uh, but this offseason, he really developed himself a little Twitter personality and got himself... Uh, had some very funny tweets throughout the season with just some of the craziness that was going on. But he's a guy who's entering a contract here. I don't know how the Bulls will handle him. I do think, though, he's going to shape up as a primary scorer for them off the bench. And and as someone that I think he is going to be quickly... He's never been afraid to shoot the ball. He... Shown that since he has been drafted by this team, but for him, I think where he really falls into the scheme of, and where you've you've seen the last few years with some of these restricted guys is, uh, the current teams are on aren't very willing to offer them a lot of money up front. It, it's more of that situation. I mean, to a higher level, Zach Levine was this way, but going to get that contract, having that other team sp- off make the offer. And, and set the market value, and then the Bulls being in a situation, do we value that player that much? Do we see there being a, a contract we want to to match and, and ultimately bring this player back at that price? I think that's a smart way to go with someone like this, a uh, role player where he is a good player, but he's going to be a guy that's going to be putting up stats on a team that isn't a playoff team. Um, I think when you look at this Bulls outlook there. Over under is right there at 30, 29 wins. And I think they're about that 28, 29 range. Like they if they hit 30 wins, I mean that's fine for this team. Uh it's it's something that you look at they maybe overachieved a little bit more last year. And they, they may end up sneaking up to again that 33, 34 win area if they're really able to outsource some people in there able to make any stops. Uh, but I, I think this team overall will be evaluated based on each of these individual players and seeing the development of them. And I, I hope this season, more than even last year, the focus is having those young guys play more. That doesn't bode well for certain players like Robin Lopez, like Justin Holiday, who I would like to be able to see for their benefit, they've been two very professional guys. Get them some, get them in a situation where they're able to have some more professional success as far as winning and competing uh, in a more high level, more of a championship contending type of spot. Uh, Bobby Portis kind of falls in that range, though, too, of depending on his early success this season, if depending on what the Bulls want to do. And what I think they will do is he will be on the Bulls for the full season. But 
he could be a guy too at that deadline is is there are offers made and maybe there is a move made depending on where this team is at at that point uh but overall i think this is going to be a very fun bulls team and, and far more fun than we've seen in a few last few years and looking at them in this fred hoiberg offense for this i would call it it's really his second year it's fred's fourth year but this core group, their second year, um, really his first, his second year being able to actually coach what he was wanted to. Um, I'm very optimistic about the growth of them, despite the the Laurie news, and it's something that I'm excited to, that we're going to be able to follow along the way and see. Um, gonna just kind of close out here with just. Uh, a few, you know, last thoughts here, and and what I'm really looking forward to with this season. This season is, um, we're gonna have to wait for Laurie for a bit, but I'm I think we're gonna really have a fun time watching Wendell Carter come in and and, and maybe even more so than what Laurie did, but look like a pro very quickly. Now Laurie, I think at points looked like a rook because. Both, I think developing physically, did add 40 pounds this year, or not 40. He added a few pounds about this year to be about 240. He said he was at 233 last season, so in, in muscle and does look bigger. Um, but Wendell Carter, I think physically at his age and, and just flashes he saw at Duke and his confidence, he's even said, uh, get excited about him because I do think, although – he isn't going to be the star of this team. Um, championship contending team need guys like a Joakim Noah or an Al Holford, someone that is a solid veteran, a solid player, a solid core piece who is consistent, who is has a defined role and, and does their role to the best their ability within this team. Uh, so getting to watch Wendell play and and really I hope makes it a, a situation where it's. Uh, you know, we have to move Robin because we need to get Wendell more minutes. And I love Robin. I've, I've talked a lot early about Robin Lopez, but I do have to give him credit to close this of having the most phenomenal of facial hair through media day. Uh, Robin Lopez is so funny, and he has made these couple rocky years with the Bulls enjoyable um, as far as a a veteran guy being a constant professional, but understanding his role, understanding where this team is at and, and still having fun with everything. And it has been, yeah, it's interacted well with the media, interacted well with the fans. Um, so I am excited to kind of enjoy a little bit more Robin Lopez as well. Uh, this season, um, I'm going to probably have a lot more Zach Levine, a lot more Jabari Parker stuff as we move forward. But, Wanted to just take this, throwing out a bunch of stuff, see what sticks, but also understanding. Yeah, you know, it's, this is a Bulls podcast. I, a little episode here. Give some love to some some of the lesser guys, lesser names uh, early on. Uh, just guys that I have enjoyed and are interested in outside of those those more big name key pieces for this team, um, but. I'm gonna wrap it up with, with that, and thank you for listening. Give me, give us some feedback on this. What do you think? 
Is there anything particular you want to uh, hear more about or, or discuss? Um, you can get a few guests on here too to go back and forth on, but um, send us questions, comments, anything to our Gmail pointforwardmba.com. And tweet me at you can send me uh, some hit me in the mentions at foolish killer on Twitter. Follow us uh, as well. Uh, the podcast, all episodes uh, at the point forward on Twitter, uh, iTunes, Stitcher. Subscribe, download, unsubscribe, resubscribe, do all that good stuff. Uh, and then we will probably be coming out with another episode here, uh, possibly end of this week, at some point, maybe even tomorrow been doing my best producing job to try to see if i can book a co-host to jump on while ultra's gone but ultra will be back next week and we'll, we'll have another episode then and like a couple weeks away here from the, the season folks so um exciting stuff and we will uh talk soon who can set the court on fire only the bulls keep us burning with desire only the bulls can bring another title here Who can thrill them, chill them, make them jump up and cheer Only the Bulls, only the Bulls Only the one and only Chicago Bulls Who can make the madhouse rock Cavaliers have gotten to within three. Marks and so is this kid. Oh, the king of the north. Larry Marketing. Woo! Fabulous yeah. Finn.